It was pretty calm up until they ran out of the room to, to grab the balls <laughs> on the phone and say, you need to get in there and get ready for the lines in. But uh, this morning was awesome. I think one piece of advice we got around last week, somebody said, hey, any founder can just really talk about your business and pitch deck. But really good founders with really good pitch success rates will know what to leave out. And that was challenging. You want to say everything, yeah. but the key is you can always say more later. The key is hooking them, getting them interested, having it be clear. Dive into the stories behind Philly's most exciting startups, Founding Philly, a podcast about the innovators, founders, and builders who are shaping the Philly startup scene. joining us post Lions Den. I'm sure today has been a crazy day for both of you. Appreciate that. Want to talk about the Lions Den, that whole experience. For those that are listening that may not have been able to attend, let's just do quick introductions and then we go from there. Sure. Oh, thank you for having me. I am Nina Farron. I am the founder and CEO of Fashion Kind, the digital marketplace for conscious consumption, starting with luxury fashion. Yes. Yeah, so my name is Josh Manstromato. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Brigo, and you're building the Climate Solutions Marketplace for the built environment. So you both were pitching today. You both made it to the lion's den. I want to get into the lion's den. Before that, what was the experience like pitching today before you got here? It was pretty calm up until they ran out of the room to, to grab the balls <laughs> on the phone and say, you need to get in there and get ready to the lion's den. But uh, this morning was awesome. We pitched in a room maybe with you know, 40, 50 people. It was a great opportunity to just introduce the business at a high level and start conversations with people in the room you were interested after. So yeah, a l- little bit of a different experience than the, than the Lion's End portion. Yeah, I would say a lot a bit different uh, experience than the Lion's End portion, but it was really great. I liked that it was in smaller room. You really got to see everyone in the room, which I also like when you're giving a presentation. This was a different pitch than I've done before and that I was really focused on streamlining and making it very simple for people in the room who have no background of not only what I do, but our industry. And so that felt really good to be able to get to a place where it was very clear, succinct, but also got our story across and our brand across. And it's really thanks to the designers and artists and customers we have that I'm even able to create a story like. So it was great practice for the lion's den and surreal to then be in the lion's den to be selected because there's so many amazing companies and also fun. Never had entertained going on Shark Tank. Don't think I will entertain going on Shark Tank. But uh, this was a really neat experience. I love negotiating. So that side is able to come out a little bit too. And what do you think is something that you did specifically today? I know you mentioned being concise, but there were a lot of people that pitched today, right? But obviously only three made it to lines. That what is something you think that you mm-hmm. did specifically today that worked that got you to the line? Yeah, I worked a lot with one of our investors has a portfolio of success uh, coach, if you will. Worked a lot with him on preparing, okay, Every slide, what are the three points you want to get across overall in your presentation? Every slide should come back to that. So what is the purpose of this slide? What are you going to say to reflect that purpose? And if you don't have a good answer, then delete the slide or delete what you're going to say. So that was the exercise I did. Okay, what are the three major points I want to make sure everyone comes away with from this with? And what are the slides that then I use to get those points across? But I always had to come back to those three. And that was challenging. That's really good advice. Yeah, I know. I can highly recommend him. He yeah. really made a difference in 
how I thought about that. Mm-hmm. Because you can get so carried away with pitches, especially as experts in our spaces. You want to say everything. Yeah. But the key is you can always say more yes. later. The key mm-hmm. is hooking them, getting them interested, having it be clear so that you can then have further follow-up questions. How about you, Josh? Yeah, I would echo all of that. You said it very eloquently. And it, I think one piece of advice we got around last week, somebody said, hey, any founder can just you know, talk about your business and pitch deck. But really good founders with really good pitch success rates will know what to move out. Just make it clear, concise, and get your quotes across. And then we room for the Q&A. I think today, if I'm being honest, a lot of it had to do with like right place, right time. There were incredible companies yeah. and we're still so early and, and still went through a big bit of earlier this year. And I, I think just given who was on stage today, that, that gave us a really big advantage and like business investor fit. Totally. Right. Um, so that yeah, that's, that was in our favor and helped a lot. So when did you get told? Was it towards the end and then you just walked up to you and told you or how, what, what was that like? You watch and tell me. It. <laughs> I'm so worthy. There's only, there's only two of us full-time at the company, like mm-hmm. two part-times. When we're doing events like this, it, it is cool. But at the same time, it's, I still have to jump in and work. And yeah, things. So always. Always, yeah, I'm on the phone with my co-founder. He's like trying to ask me something about uh, the, the new clients we're working on. And I'll, and you're, you're going lines down. I'm like, oh, but I'm cursing a lot. I'm like, Yo, I gotta call you back. I gotta call you back. Yeah. Like, Dude, I, I need to go present to David Edelman right now. Like, yeah. I can't be yeah. talking about this. Doing this whole run priorities, like, priorities. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, apartments and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, I'm gonna have to go back and practice yeah. somehow. That's what he said to on. me when we met. Yeah. He's like, oh my gosh, but I work in apartments and it's David. David <laughs> 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 I was like, man, I'm gonna get real. Yeah. yeah. What did he say? He was like, you're like, what expertise do you have? And he was like, I own 25,000 apartments. That, yeah. that, that was funny. That was a yeah. funny question for sure. Yeah. But when I obviously heard the background and then everybody's taking the loan down and hey, the value in the brain is oh, yeah. incredible and it, it's going to be better than me from anywhere else. It was an, it was an, it was a decent loan. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He so let's talk about the Lions Den experience then. So you need to kick us off. Sure. So what was that experience like? Both got <laughs> money. It seemed really intense. Both yeah. presented really well. What was that like? It was wild. I'm still processing it, but it was a lot of fun. Honestly, I think what I tried to remember was these people aren't, they're trying to genuinely learn and get an understanding. They're not trying to make you look bad or back you into a corner. And to have that trust, um, that was where they were coming from was really helpful. What was very helpful for me, very similar to what you're mentioning with David being a strategic for you. One of the investors has a logistics company. And if we're very successful, we will essentially be a logistics company right. with all the designers and artists we work with around mm-hmm. the world. So that was something that we hadn't necessarily been looking for strategic investors on the logistics side. But when that came to light, it all clicked to me. And some of the investors I had spoken to prior to the Lion's Den, like an hour or two or three or however many ago, and so to see the ones that were interested and have David give me a, a vote of approval yeah, was, was nice. Good. Although I'm cool. still angling to get him in. Okay. We're going to, this is our goal. But uh, I think what both of us were able to do is look, we love what we do. We're experts at what we do. And now it's just a matter of taking it to the next level. Really crazy that we both got money. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. Still diligence. Still diligence. Yeah, yeah. True. You know, like, so, Josh, what was that experience like? You I were first. Too. I mean, it was crazy. They, <laughs> yeah, you were first. Yeah, I, it's weird because I came from a really big sports background. I never had an issue like playing in front of thousands of people. I, I never worried about that. I used to like when crowds were really angry and yelling a lot. But to walk out in front of 
I don't know how many people are here, 500 plus people yeah. that just start talking with no respect. Yeah. <laughs> the Q&A, you're six minutes in, you're like, am I doing this right? You know? Yeah. What's everyone thinking? Yeah. What yeah, are yeah, they yeah. doing? Yeah. yeah. Am I about to forget what I'm going to say next? Because it, it is tricky, right? A, a lot yeah. of pitches, especially for us, we're so early. A lot of the investor conversations we have are just that conversation. Yeah. Showing product demos, really like digging into different things in the market that mm-hmm. we've learned. Not, they, you know, as close to policy as you can get, well, seven and a you know, presentation. Yeah. Pitch. Yeah. But that was really goofy. And yeah, to just have all those people staring at you is, is really interesting. I know I was torn. Do I look at the, so the way that it's set up just to give a visual is you're in this kind of traditional ballroom. There are 500 chairs set up looking at the stage on the stage. There are the lions, but then you're like in the corner diagonally. So do you look at the lions or do you yeah. look at the audience when you're pitching? And so that was a little bit challenging because I always like to engage, but it's impossible to engage both at once unless I'm just looking forward and yeah. into the into nothing. But yeah, it was a really wild and cool experience. Do you think you'd try to go on Shark Tank after this? Shark Tank? After the term, the only one room. Right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> All getting aside, no, I don't think so. Although I did spend years watching Shark Tank. Yeah. I appreciate that show. I think it's silly as a decent time. Yeah. Because I'm going maybe down a different rabbit hole here, but that door in the door that normally is having con- conversation about. On totally. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't think that existed before the show. So I think it's one of those things like if you have the right product to go on your show and it can really help scale it. Yeah. It really it kind of, of product, CPG, mm-hmm. product based. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Not like service or marketplace based like yeah, the offer. Right, right, right. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure it would be a cool experience and similar to the experience today, right? You get in with the right investors. Yeah. They can open doors a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. So you both walked away with investments, which is incredible. What is something that caught you off guard during it? I know there were a lot of rapid fire mm. questions for the end. You were really just like shooting from the hip. What was something that you that really caught you off guard during those questions at the end? That's a good question. I mean, other than the microphone being too tall to me you know, <laughs> right when I walked up. I don't know if I was caught off guard with anything per se. I, I think it's just that factor of, hey, they're experts. They're going to ask the right question. They're going to be really strategic about those questions. Again, where your typical investor conversation is just like maybe in person in a room or on Zoom. And so and it, I don't think I was caught off guard per se as much as just constantly, hey, got to stay focused, be concise with the answers, make sure you're really understanding what they're asking. There was one point where he asked something, I, I answered in a certain way, and then he went back to like, all right, I'm really trying to focus on the economics here. And I was like, ah, okay, stay sharp and, and make sure you're you're getting that. And I think one thing they, they do a good job of too is they're, they're very strategic, right? Like they're good at placing certain hints at things of valuation mm-hmm. and other things throughout those Q&A portions that you just really have to stay sharp with. And just, sorry, I make sure that Nina has a chance, to, but how do you stay sharp with it? It is definitely nerve wracking. You walk up there, they start firing questions at you. You both did amazing, but like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, we yeah, were yeah. all rooting for you, but it's funny. It, it reminded me of like, like in, in football, everybody's seen an example of like somebody running down field and nobody's around them and they just trip and fall. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's like almost what you're describing. I, I think it's just focusing on the opportunity. And, and you alluded to this earlier. What I kept in mind myself up there is like, Hey, these one, they're looking, you know, for an opportunity, they're capitalists, but they're also here to help. Yeah. Not here to, you know, make you look dumb or anything like that. They're saying, Hey, can I get my hands into this business and truly help them get to that next level faster than they could on their own? So I just kept reminding myself of that during the QA portion where something might have caught me off guard. It's okay. What are they, what are they really trying to get at here? Because I know they want to help and they want to pull in with an opportunity as well. And so just focusing on that would ideally help. Definitely the, the valuation negotiation that caught me off guard. 
having a goal in mind is obviously wherever you, that's your golden nugget when you're negotiating. But so that caught me off guard in the sense of how low they wanted to start. Honestly, when I said, I was like, no way, you have to know your value. Stay strong. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think, honestly, what caught me off guard is that David chimed in and and vouched for me as an entrepreneur. And even though it's not the industry he invests in, that was really neat because I thought all of my emails fell on deaf ears uh, because I don't always get a response. (laughs) But because he's so busy. But so that was really neat that, oh, wait a second. He actually, and I think that's a good lesson for us is like, Sending those quarterly updates yeah. to people you've had conversations with, which I certainly could be better at because you never know when it'll come up that they'll think of you or recommend you or vouch for you. And that's what happened today. And we're going to take a quick break for a short word from our sponsor. Baker Tilly is an advisory tax and assurance firm with deep roots in the Philadelphia region. They work alongside entrepreneurs and emerging companies through their Baker Tilly Advantage practice which is an innovative approach to outsourcing your accounting, human resources, and tax needs all under one roof. Baker Tilly is committed to working with innovators in the region and takes pride in being a trusted partner for founders at all stages from start up to exit. Yeah, that is not. I know I, I want to add a little anecdote here because before you got on, yeah. you were like, I actually sent Edelman the pitch deck after at another event and he said no now I'm at the walk ah. on so give me some more insight into that story and have having that and then walking I mean, on to the when we approached investors early in the year it was really challenging because excuse me we were pivoting from direct to consumer to this more like commercial space so to be b2b or b2b's and I mean you're approaching investors in a really hard environment right yeah. after the SDD plats mm-hmm. it's zero partners lines and given the environment, we understood why people were saying no and what we would need to accomplish in order to keep it from back and say yes. The market essentially changed almost overnight. You saw some sound of it in 2022, but that was something where, you know, going into the summer, we were looking at ourselves and say, what can we do better to get these people to say yes? Like, it's not 2020 where we can just go with a really good idea. Like, yeah. you have to go out and execute. It doesn't matter how much excuse me, runways in the bank or anything like that. But if we execute and prove out what we need to, then we'll attract the right people when a time comes. So yeah, that was really cool that he came back because it, it was certainly in my head where I was like, I definitely passed before. I know why. And I'm talking about that the traction of this point was as helpful. That's awesome. I guess I, I do want to get a little bit into the companies, but you talked about social media and your co-founder and mm-hmm. millions of followers, and all of that. Talk about how that lends itself to these business strategy, good market strategy, the creator economy is obviously a huge thing mm-hmm. that we talk about uh, and leveraging those followings. Yeah. So what is that? I know you mentioned a little bit that you haven't maybe leaned into it enough yet. Yeah. You know, the plan. So go into that. Yeah. Having Sophia Bush as my co-founder and really having that an individual, a celebrity with a platform that has so many people, it's just a strategic way of acquiring customers at a lower cost, right? And that's what it comes down to. Does that mean every single one of her followers is going to be a customer? I know every, but it, it certainly means that we can get in front of people in a very cost-effective way and get in front of the right people in a very cost-effective way, especially when you're seeing a lot of people trying to acquire customers and can't do so efficiently. And really being first order profitable is, is our goal and, and what we strive for and have succeeded at. It's leveraging one thing that we'll do with Sophia, as I mentioned, that we haven't leaned into it enough, is that. We'll tap into her network of high profile women 
across industries, very different from the traditional influencer strategy you see in fashion, where it's just all the same influencers around the table. And so we'll be able to tap into their networks. And it's just about tapping into existing networks so you can more efficiently get in front of people. That's what it comes down to. And Josh, some of that was brought up on the stage as well for in, in your pitch was this idea that I think David brought it up was the idea that this was a local business so far mm-hmm. and what's that look like in other cities? You mentioned Atlanta, but what is that when you think about the different unit economics in Philly versus Atlanta and then how that kind of plays a part in strategy growing, right? And how to change them to go to different cities. Yeah. So for us, we really focus on, you know, a few things where we're looking at different markets or even a different building in Philadelphia. It's, you know, the user experience, the hauler experience. So user meaning like people in the apartment building, hauler experience, and then the nonprofit experience. And what we've just learned time and time again, as cheesy as it sounds, is if we nail those three things and give those three parties the best experience possible, then the economics all work themselves out. All of a sudden, haulers do a much better job. Users are more excited about being in the building. Nonprofits are really excited to have you as a supply channel partner. So those things start to work themselves out even when logistically cities look different. But I think one of the more exciting things for us is when we started testing in Atlanta, a city that looks nothing like Philadelphia, given urban sprawl versus uh, roads that were built 100 plus years ago, that our cookups significantly increased just with one small test with the habitat. And so that was a really positive sign. Then we started digging into the statistics on yeah. how many apartments are getting built and turnover rates in these buildings and things like that. And we just saw that essentially same opportunity in South Florida, Chicago, and other cities that just started organically reaching out to us. So yeah, it's about nailing new experiences, making the process as repeatable as possible, and then those things just start to work themselves out. And for those that are maybe interested in doing pitching at Capcom next year, Lions and right, but even more so just entrepreneurs in general, mm-hmm. you both have had success what is some lessons that you would share with other spine entrepreneurs looking to follow your same path? That's a good question. I'll start. Yeah. For me, having a much different background, I think, than, than most traditional founders, it's always been about surrounding ourselves with people who have been there, done that, know more than we know, and really leaning on them for expertise. That has just been our tried and true method. And then those are the same people that you can call when you have a huge buyer at midnight mm-hmm. to say, hey, I really need help working through this, right? which you just don't get in your normal job. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's just different, right? And so I would say that's my biggest advice is really just leaning in and surrounding yourself with people who know your space, are excited about what you're doing and are willing to help. That's actually how we got in, into this. We were doing the Pack Mentor Connect program. And there's a lot of encouragement to just apply and join and prep the pitch and stuff like that. It's a success story right there for Pact. Yeah, it is. No, that was, and I completely agree. I think it's, it goes for when you're pitching, it goes for when you're building your business. You always want to have people who are smarter than you in the room. But uh, mine is rather simple and no pun intended as you'll float soon here. But just think of KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. Like just from a starting point, always you want everything. You know so much about what you're doing, but you want to make sure that you can go into a room with anyone in it and they'll walk away with a good understanding of what you're doing. And that may seem, okay, duh, that's what you your goal, but it's very difficult to do as a founder to take that step back and to put it together in a way where anyone can get it. No questions asked. That's it. Here's the point. Here are the three takeaways. Okay. You know, now I understand fashion kind. 
Um, so that's what I would say is remember a kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Uh, so both are funded. Next steps, six to 12 months from now, right? What is next for you, for your company? What do you do with this money now that you get from the lines? Yep. So we have been very focused on building our product, improving product market fit. So that when we raised, this is our first first institutional round, we could exclusively fund growth pretty much. And so that's what we'll be doing is focusing on the marketing side, launching our kind committee, which I mentioned earlier, leveraging Sophia's network, getting back into paid digital in a diversified way, getting on the ground, meeting our customers, building community. And then in addition to that, the, the major bucket that we're also funding is key hires to be able to support that. So having a director of marketing for the first time, which I cannot wait for, a director of operations, really building our full-time team to support those growth initiatives that we have coming up. How about you, Josh? Yes, for us, it's grow and test. We're always going to be testing. And this funding is allowing us to do that. It'll allow us to run more tests than we currently can because right now there's two of us full-time to part-time. You can only do so much in a day, but mm-hmm. this funding is going to be a huge help for that. We have really exciting pilot conversations going on that can really expedite the scaling process. They still take a lot of time, but when you get budding like this, it helps the other company that you're talking to that's typically much bigger in these pilot scenarios have confidence that you'll be around, you'll have the capital you need to execute on those pilots. So... Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity that this is uh, helping with. And give us a little behind the scenes. Do we know what happens next? We just secure this capital. Now what? Now we have to do due diligence with them. Now it's, and this is the same with Shark Tank as well. Yes, the deal is done in real time, but then we're all business people. We know that then there's due diligence, there's legal getting involved. Nothing's done until it's signed, sealed, and delivered. So maybe we'll have another podcast once it's been signed, sealed, and delivered and in our bank which would be, we'll be able to then have a different perspective yeah. on it. I was wondering if in, in Shark Tank, where they like, let me call my co-founder or other investors and talk to them. <laughs> I, I was wondering if anyone was going to pull that, but. No. The FC mentioned that they're typically like 10 hour episodes that they just edit down. I didn't know that. I, I didn't I, know, I know that know either. What they're I'm not about surprised now words. though that they. I'll tell you what, I was lucky enough though. I've been in Petra in like random movies. That's wow. like a fun fact. Oh my God, ditto. Yeah. Transformers. That's way cooler. Uh, I was an extra in Transformers, fun fact. Yeah. We are both, if we want to, if anyone wants to hire extras in all of our free time. <laughs> Which Transformers was it? Ooh, it was one of the earlier ones. I think it was the second one maybe with the Megan Fox, Shia yeah. LaBeouf. It was like early on. I think it was the second one. Maybe third, except they deleted my big scene which was we were at and it was at Penn's. I was walking them onto the dance floor of one of the one of the frat houses. They were following me. It was so a bone to pick is that we were at Penn. It was my alma mater and they pretended like it was Princeton. In the movie, it's Princeton, but they filmed it at Penn because of the tax benefits in Philly. Anyway, so I was walking them. They were following me onto the dance floor, but then they cut the scene. Oh, they know. I, that, that's really cool. They're way for us. I was... I got to <laughs> an extra in the Adam Sandler movie they filmed here in 2021. I think it was called Hustle. No, oh, the, so the basketball one. Yeah. 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 Um, great. Anthony Gargano's cameraman. Oh, and, uh, oh so uh, you were a proper extra. I, if you don't like if you one scene, you'll see it, but it goes by really fast. It, but, <laughs> but the, yeah. the one, one story I do have to share that was cool with that. I was in LeBron documentary, I, but I didn't know it. So he had this, I forget what it was called on HBO. And it followed these like former athletes who 
made it really far, but didn't quite break into like the NFL or what I forget what the other sports were. I'm watching the documentary and they're at one of the soul triads. This is when I'm still like, oh, NFL, yeah. and I'm like, that guy looks familiar. I'm like, that's me. I'm in, why am I in here? Yeah. I got a, a bunch of FaceTime and stuff. And I was like, oh, wow. So I you're a two time credit person. You I have three, and I, there's one wow. that's on fine. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three times you've been extra. You guys didn't know you were talking to somebody big. I yeah. know. Yeah. We're, we're here excited about that you got investment with the Lions Den. And I know. Well, you're little you're little a movie actor. Yeah. 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 Just big time over here. Anyways, th th this is awesome. Congratulations to both of you again. Really impressed. Awesome job. And congrats. And looking forward to seeing the, the success of both your companies. Thank you. Thank you.